0: Who's ready for the word today? Open up your Bibles with me to Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4 this morning, verse 1 says, After these things I looked, and behold, a door was standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, Come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. Notice he did not say, I will show you what I suggest. He did not say what may or what might. But he said, I'm going to show you things that must take place after these things. Today I'm talking about after these things. Let's pray. Lord, I love you so much and thankful for your presence today. Lord, I pray that right now that our eyes would lock in on your face, that our ears would be in tune with your voice this morning. Lord, I pray that as this word comes forth today, that every distraction that Satan has planned, it shall not prosper in this place today. Lord, but I pray, Lord, that we, get, uh, we give you our full attention Lord, right now, Lord, that's 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 our commitment to you. We're giving you our full attention right now. Lord, so let this word come forth. Let it fill hearts and souls of people who are ready to receive. May it fall on some fertile soil today. And may it become like fire that's up in our bones this morning. And we will give you honor and the glory and the praise. And Legacy Church said amen this morning. <coughs> amen and amen. John is John is recording this passage of scripture and as the lord was speaking to him come up here and i will show you things which must take place after this after this how many of you know that hell loves it when we get to the place where we start feeling there's no after this where we are in a season, he loves it when we get into a place where we start believing no good could come after this thing. He loves it when we get into a place that is difficult and we start settling in and we start believing healing is not possible here. He loves it when we get into a place where he, he, he manipulates us and makes us feel reconciliation, redemption. After this season that I've been in, it's not even possible for me. He loves it when you have issues and and failures. He loves it when you feel trapped in that moment. But I want to let the church, the bride, know this morning that no matter what Satan whispers in, in your ear, there is always an after this with our God. Amen? Amen. No matter how deep you are in it, there is an after this. No matter how addicted to it you are, there is an after this. Amen. No matter how bad you are hurt, there is an after this. There is an after this because how many of you know this morning that God is still alive and he is on our side? He's on our side this morning. Many of you have been through some tough seasons. The nation, we've watched as the nation just went through a tough season. I remember being here in 2020 and thinking, what good could come after this season? What is this season that we're in? I remember being here in the building week after week by myself and wondering, will this ever end? What is on the other side of this thing? I saw this statement And I want to share it with you. It said, we may not like it, but there are times when God allows it because he's going to use it. We may not like it. How many of you know that bad things happen to good people? There are times that we don't like it, but God will allow it because he wants to use it. He wants to bring his self glory through the process. And at some point we have to make a decision that we will not marry our misery that we will not stop in that miserable place because so often we will say, I do to our misery more than we say, I do to the promises of God. And God is in this place right now and, and he's reminding us, do not marry, do not get in covenant, do not settle with your misery. And in this text, this is John the revelator, this is John the beloved, this is John the disciple, this is not John the Baptist, that that is writing this and while this is being written, it's important to note that there is an emperor in charge of the land and this emperor desire to be worshipped as Lord and King. Now, here is John. This is Jesus' right-hand man. He was there. He's the beloved one. He had watched the miracles. He didn't read about it. He was there. He saw it. And he knows that there is only one true God that deserves the worship and is worthy of it. So he is exiled to this place called Island of Patmos. And he is here in a prison on the Island of Patmos. In a prison, in a desolate place, <clears throat> in a desolate season of life. And catch this in Revelation chapter 1, verse 10, 11, write it down. He said, In the middle of misery, he says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. Understand this. He is on an island, deserted island, not a good deserted island, not one of those where you have a cabana and a little attendant serving you drinks throughout the day. It was not one of those. He is on this island, and he understands that it is his death sentence. When you look up the word Patmos, it means the place of my killing the dying place. Wouldn't you love to go to vacation on that island? When you look at the word, it, it means the place of my killing, the place of my death. Anyone ever felt like you were found yourself in a Patmos, you, 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 you felt like the place where you were at, you felt like this thing is going to kill me. This season is my Patmos. This job is my Patmos. This, is, this will be the place of my death. Anyone ever felt like you've been in a place of Patmos? Some of you are lying. Or you're the holiest people I've ever seen in my life. Patmos. You feel like this job is going to kill me or I'm going to kill somebody. Anybody relate? I see nods. Thank you. We'll have prayer in a minute. He's on this deserted island. This is not a good deserted island. This is prison. It's about seven and a half miles long. And at its widest point, it's about six miles wide. It's a volcanic island. That means that it is very rocky. And if you look at it, it said during that time, there were no trees. And if there were no trees, imagine how hot this island is. And if there's no trees, that means that there was little to no vegetation for him to eat. I mean, it felt like a hell on earth experience. Experience. It felt like it was just full of uh, torment. These conditions were all around him of death and were so unfavorable. But in the middle of Patmos, he says, I got in the spirit on the Lord's day. Wow. I want you to take note of that because (laughs) there are some people in the church. It takes a lot to get them in the church. And get them in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And this man's in prison and death, and he got in the Spirit on the Lord's day. It takes a lot to get some people in the church these days. For some, it takes comfort, for some, it takes the thermostat being set on the right degree. For some, it takes donuts. For some, it takes them catching the right vibe to get in the house, much less get in the spirit. But John is here in a state of death, in a state of Padmas, and he looks around, everything is dark and gloomy, and he says, I got in the spirit on this day. You may be in a difficult season. You may feel like hell is breaking loose in your house and all around you, but he was able to get into a place where the hell around him could not keep the spirit out of him. Somebody. What will get you through this Patmos. Is when what is in you. Is greater than what you're in. He said I was in the spirit. In the middle of death. I woke up and said. I'm getting in the spirit today. In the middle of my bad job. I said. I don't care what hulum Is in the cubicle next to me. Today. I'm going to walk in there in the spirit. I don't care how bad it is today. Today, Chase Hulson back, you're getting in the spirit. He said, I was in the spirit in this hour. The church cannot be the church until we get in the spirit. I'm going to say that again. The church cannot be the church until we get in the spirit. We have nothing to offer this world. Until we get in the spirit. We have no answers to the problems of life until the church gets in the spirit. Yes, John was in Patmos. Yes, he was in a place of death. Yes, he was in a struggle. But in the midst of the hell that was around him, he still found a way to connect and get in the spirit. Listen, hell is expecting, as hell increases in everyday life, that it will keep you out of the spirit. Satan is banking on the very fact that as the time draws near for Christ's return and there are increases in natural disasters and there are increases in wars and rumors of wars, he is banking on the very fact that as life gets more chaotic and busy and frustrating and and, and so a lack of clarity, he is banking on the fact that it will keep people out of the church and out of the spirit. But there is a church, a body that is rising up in this hour. And we know how to transcend Patmos. We know how to transcend everyday hurt. Come on, somebody. We know how to transcend the moment. We've got spiritual coping skills. Is there anybody that will say, I want to every day, I want to get in the Spirit? It may be hell all around me, but I just want to walk and get in the Spirit today. There will be times when we go through seasons that we do not understand. Can I get an amen? There will be seasons where you experience loss that you did not deserve. There will be times when we face trials that are just painful, seasons that are not fair, treated wrongly by somebody at your job. We will struggle at times as we watch the news unfold around us and we ask ourselves, how are we going to make it through this? You ever been watching the news and thought, what else can happen? You ever said that? The, the Lord has got to come back tomorrow. You ever said that? Like, Lord, any day now. This place is crazy. And the truth of the matter is, we will not make it. Churches will not make it. Some people who are saved will not be able to make it through these tests if we do not learn how to get in the Spirit. The church has got to get in the spirit. When I say the church, I'm not talking about our church, just our church. It's included but not exclusive. I'm talking about every church, white church, black church, Hispanic church, multicultural church, the Baptist, the Methodist, the Pentecostals, I'm talking about the whole church. God is not looking for a church full of division. He is looking for a church that knows how to get in the spirit. The spirit was the catalyst for John. It was that deciding factor. It was the moment when he was standing in death that he realized I've still got something to give. In a moment when most people would have quit, it's not funny, but it kind of is. Watching the Christies go to prison. They've lived in upscale mansions, and now their daughter's tweeting, We're not being treated right. You're in prison, honey. And in this moment, we, we got all these things going on. And here's John in a prison much worse than the Christies are. <laughs> and they're tweeting. It's bad in here. It's rough out here, y'all. And here's John on an island probably close to naked, no food, no shelter, and this man can get in the Spirit. And in a moment when most people would have quit, in a moment of problems and pain, John found himself in power and promise. We'll read again. In a moment of problems and pain, John found himself in power and promise. He said, I was in the spirit. In the spirit, get this, means wrapped up in his power. John said, "Woo! it was hard, but I was wrapped up in his power it was hot out there y'all but I was wrapped up in his power it seemed hopeless out there but I got wrapped up in his power Uh, I was tempted to give up but I was wrapped up in his power nobody was around me my pastor didn't call me nobody started a meal train for me nobody looked at me I didn't have a shoulder to cry on I was just wrapped up in his power I just knew I was going to die here but I was wrapped up in his power see when you get wrapped up in his power it don't matter what it looks like you're still victorious when you get wrapped up in his power it don't matter what you feel like you still find your strength when you get wrapped up in his power you will survive this thing it's John's hardest days yet he remained wrapped up in the power of God so I'm telling the church today you gotta learn to stay in the spirit You've got to learn to stay wrapped up in the spirit because if you do not stay in the spirit, the devil will eat you for lunch today. But today, hell is afraid because there's a remnant that's rising up in the church. And they say, and they are learning, and they will know how to keep and stay in the spirit. Don't let Satan get in your mind. Don't let Satan get in your faith. Stay wrapped in the spirit. Don't let Satan keep you out of church. Stay wrapped in the spirit. If we're honest this morning, and you look back over your life, and you look at your own walk of life, there are some things, there are some, some Patmos seasons that you've already made it through. And if you were honest today, you would never have made it through it if you were not walking in the Spirit. If you were not wrapped in his power, the devil would have killed you then. The devil tried to take you out before. He tried to destroy your destiny and your future, but you were in the Spirit. You were in trouble, but you stayed in the Spirit. You were treated unfairly, yet you stayed in the Spirit. Can anybody this morning look back over your life and testify this morning and say, I never would have made it if I had not stayed in the Spirit of God? He said... I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And two, I heard behind me a loud voice as a trumpet. He said, I heard. What have I been preaching for a month now? I heard. I heard. God is looking for listeners. He said, He said, I heard him. We've got to understand that passing the test of life will require us to hear the voice of God. If you want to pass these tests in life, you have got to be able to hear the voice of God. Aren't you so thankful that God doesn't ignore us in Patmos seasons? Aren't you thankful that God doesn't ignore us in troubled times, but he keeps hearing and speaking. People will ignore you. Family will disown you. But God keeps listening and keeps talking, even in the trouble. And this is why we have to remain in the spirit, because if we don't remain in the spirit, we will miss the voice of God for a generation. John said, I was in the spirit and I could hear the Lord. So often people will come to church and cannot hear him. You will come in a place like this right here, right now, this morning, and, 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 and you will not be able to hear him, the. The, the microphones are working, but you still cannot hear him. And it is because, because so often we walk into a place like this more full of flesh than we are wrapped in the spirit. John said, I was in the spirit and I could hear the Lord. But so often we come into this place and we're so tied up with our agenda. We're so tied up with our schedule. We're thinking about tomorrow. And everything is pulling for our attention. That We are more in the flesh than we are in the spirit. And so often when that happens, even moments like this, you sit here and all you hear, it sounds like a Charlie Brown movie. Wah-wah, wah-wah, wah-wah. And you'll leave this place and you won't even know what I preached about. Because you were here, but you weren't here. You were here in the flesh, but your spirit was way out somewhere else. See, whenever you need a word from the spirit, you've got to be wrapped up in the spirit. But when you get in the spirit, things that were once murky, things that once you could not hear will be heard with clarity. The word heard means to consider To understand, to perceive. He said, I didn't just hear it. He said, but I understood it. I didn't just hear it, but I said, have you ever been out in public and somebody walks up to you and you see them coming and they're making eye contact and you're looking away and you look back and you're like, do I know this person? And then they sit there and start talking to you, and you're smiling and you're nodding, and then they leave, and you look at your friend or your spouse, and you say, "Who in the world was that? What was she talking about?" Anybody ever been there? I've been there, and I don't know about you, but I don't just want to hear the noise. I don't just want to hear the voice of the Lord, but whenever I hear it, I want to be able to perceive it, to consider it and understand it. Yes. And in this day that we are living in, you can find a voice that will complement any thought that you have. You can find a voice <coughs> to complement any belief that you have. You can find a YouTuber that will support anything that comes through your mind. You can find a politician, That will support any political agenda that you want to support. But I'm at such a stage in my life where I don't want to hear anybody's opinions anymore. I just want to hear the voice of the Lord. (laughs) Anybody there this morning? But if you don't watch it, you will have so many voices inside of your head that you will not be able to perceive His voice. There will be voices that tell you to quit. There will be voices that tell you to stop. There will be voices that tell you to go whenever you should stay. There will be voices that tell you to compromise when you should have just stay true to yourself. There will be voices that tell you that you will die in this season. But we've got to be able to stay in the Spirit and perceive the real voice of God. John said, I was in the Spirit. I heard Him. Then in verse 12, he said, I heard Him and I turned to see If you're saved this morning, do you remember the day that you turned and saw Jesus? If you don't, maybe you need to rededicate your life this morning. Do you remember the day that you turned your life around and said yes to Jesus? In this hour, I'm praying, Lord, show me what I need to see. I'm praying, Lord, let me see who I need to see. Let me see when I need to see it. Let me see through some people. I'm praying, Lord, let me speak the truth before it's ever even spoken. He said, I turned. Last week, I spoke about turning. He said, something happened when I turned and actually saw Jesus. He said, something happened when I turned and saw Jesus. I know I was on Patmos, the place of death. I know I was in the middle of turmoil but something happened when I turned and saw Jesus. And this is where a lot of churches are today. With revival and prayer breaking out in a nation. We're hearing but we're not turning. Lord, I hear you saying pray more. But I'm not going to do it this week. I'll start next week. Lord, I hear you saying Lord, I need to break out of my comfort zone and I need to, for, for there to be a breakthrough, I, there's gotta be a break. Lord, I hear you, but I'm not turning. There's a lot of pastors <laughs> who want revival and they've heard from the Lord, but they cannot turn from their religion or tradition. And unless you turn, you won't see the miraculous. He heard it, He turned, and then he saw it. I don't know about you. I don't just want to hear it. I want to see it. I don't just want to hear about revival. I want to see it. I don't just want to hear about healings. I want to turn around and see every wheelchair empty. I don't know about you. I don't want to hear about redemption. I want to turn around and see a long line of people that that have been addicted to drugs, lining up at the altar, laying crack pipes down on a Sunday morning. I don't just want to hear it. I want to turn and see it. But so many churches, they want it, but they can't break tradition to see it. I know I'm in the middle of death, but something happened when I turned and saw Jesus. Get this, John would have never have witnessed the supernatural if he did not turn. And so often our eyes are so locked in on our Patmos that we cannot even see Jesus. Ben, help me out. I know right now it may seem dark. I know right now it may seem dim. I know right now we look at life on planet Earth and we ask, how much more, Lord? How much longer? What am I looking at? What am I listening to? We look at our nation. And the nation seems unclear. We watch news and it seems frustrating. We can't decipher real or fake. We can't decipher real friends or fake friends. We can't decipher. And now as a nation, it's like we are in this cloud of uncertainty. Anybody feel it? (coughs) But I want to declare over this house. I want to declare over your house in this season that we are in. While I was writing everything down this week, I heard the Lord say, We are about to step into a season of clarity. You're about to see the real in some people. After these things, after this season, We will not be sitting around confused, but we will have more clarity than ever. Right now, the church is in this state of uncertainty. Is it a revival or is it not? Is it going to last a week or is it going to last a year? Is it just a prayer gathering or is it an authentic move? And now the church has found themselves bickering with one another because of the lack of clarity. But I hear the Lord saying that we are about to get in the spirit. We are going to experience some clarity. We are going to stay wrapped up in his power and in his promise. Come on somebody. We are about to hear the voice of heaven. We are about to turn. We are about to see him. I declare we shall see the enemy before he sees us. It's clarity. We shall end malicious attacks before they ever take root in this sanctuary. It's clarity. We will still call sin, sin. It's clarity. We will not give up. It's clarity. We will know God's voice from Satan's voice. It's clarity. We will not feed the wiles of Satan. It's clarity. We will be ready for instruction. It's clarity. And when he speaks, we will understand and we will carry it out. Come on, somebody, will you praise the Lord with me?